This is Trice Talk, mini-pod for Wednesday night, July the 28th, 2021, and I'm your host, Donald Wayne. Mini-pod, you know, that that gap filler between episodes of Trice Talk, a mini-version, if you will, of our regular show, where I limit the subjects and the time for each show as well, although that may not apply tonight. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out tonight's episode. Um, Of course, it's hump day. And I hope every one of you made it over the hump safely today. Uh, I did. Uh, It's surprising sometimes when I do, but I did. Tonight, I I really had intended to raise hell about uh, the border issues again. And uh, I, I know I, I tend to do that a lot on Tri's Talk um, for a number of reasons. Uh, or a number of reasons we should all be concerned. We should all be just scared as hell as what's going on on our southern border because of the insanity of it. But now, not only do we have the issue, the normal issues that you would have with the border, We've got uh, a COVID spike going on in this country. At least that's what we're being told by those people we're supposed to trust. And all the while, the federal government is shipping illegal immigrants to various parts of this country without any regard whatsoever as to whether these people have COVID and can spread the virus to our unvaccinated population. And on top of that, we need to put something else on top of that. They're waiting for us to ma- or they're wanting us to mask up again. So I was really prepared to rant about that for a while tonight. But however, as so often happens with me, I, I happen to see an article on Mike Huckabee's newsletter. I haven't been getting as many off of old Mike's uh, website here or newsletter site lately as, as I normally do. I've been getting a lot uh, of articles from news pack, news packs, uh, news max. See, I can even do that kind of stuff when I'm by myself. Um, oh, and by the way, has anybody seen Mike Huckabee, uh, last day or so he's sporting a beard now. So, uh, kind of a different look for old Mike. It seems like beards are coming back in for people in politics. How about that? Um, so anyway, I, I saw this article uh, in Mike Huckabee's newsletter. I believe it was today's edition, and he usually puts out a morning and an afternoon. And, and then I looked at the accompanying link with that article and was quickly frustrated, aggravated, or just plain pissed off at what I saw on the link. Um you really, in order to try to do some different articles and, 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 and cover different issues, you know, to do on the podcast, both Dennis Lee and myself, I mean, sometimes it, it takes a lot of effort to find things that are a little bit different, things that you don't normally see. Um, and, and we really do hate to, uh, you know, rely on stuff that 
probably the majority of people in this country, if they watch any news or do any social media at all, they, they see uh, a, a number, a good number of the things that we talk about on the show. But every once in a while, we come across things that I don't think it's in the mainstream. I mean, I haven't even seen this on uh, any reference to this story on Fox News. So that kind of drew me in a little bit more as well. And I'm not really sure why, because usually somebody on Fox talks about this kind of stuff. But anyway, so I decided that since I do talk about the border a lot, I wanted to do something different. And in my opinion, this is different. Now, I'm also going to do something that I try not to do. And it's hard sometimes, and that's to play an audio for you that is over five minutes long. I know the general rule is, you know, people lose interest after a few minutes. And audios aren't quite as uh, as uh, captivating sometimes as is when you can watch the whole audio. So normally, as, like I usually do, uh, I'll post the, post the link uh, to the article I'm going to be referencing. Um on our Facebook page. And hopefully if they don't delete the link, you can click on it and you can actually watch the video as well. And I encourage you to do so because the video, you'll get some of that feel by listening to the audio, but you won't get all of it. I mean, when you see the people acting like a fool, uh, it really drives the point home. So the entire audio that I'm going to play for you may not feel that important. I'm just going to, I want to play it because you have to listen to a a certain amount of it in order to set the mood, uh, to, to realize what's going on there at that particular moment. I do feel like the issues that the speakers are talking about are important, but it's the reactions from the, some people in the crowd that are disconcerting to me. And also the fact uh, these representatives that are going to be speaking uh, are are there in uh, trying to get some information about some of the detainees that have been held by our government, uh, ones that were arrested because of their involvement in the January 6th, whatever you want to call it, on Washington, D.C. And um, there's rumors and you know i'll say rumors at this point because i don't know if any of any of it's been corroborated although some of the defense attorneys for some of these people that are being held are also supporting these uh statements that uh people are being mistreated uh while they're incarcerated some of them are being put in solitary confinement and some of them are being subject to uh, uh sound uh, they're playing music and they're uh, almost like torture. Uh, there's one story about someone who was beaten and uh, they lost a cornea or they dislocated their cornea and one of their eyes. And so, again, these are rumors coming out and these people may talk about them for a second. I can't really remember whether they mentioned that, but uh, they're there at the Department of Justice protesting. So anyway, the... The, the title of this article, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, is Huckabee uh, says it's called The Leftist Idiots Blow Whistle on GOP for Asking Questions. Now think about that. That's the title of this article. Leftist Idiots Blow Whistle on GOP for Asking Questions. Now you may have one uh, idea in your head about that title and what it may mean but you'll have to get into the audio before you can really understand the meaning of that. So Mike sets the story up like this. Four Republican members of Congress, Florida Representative Matt Goetz, Texas Representative Louis Gohmert, Georgia Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, and Arizona Representative Paul uh, Gosar, or Gosser, I apologize, I'm not, don't remember how they pronounce that. 
uh, walked to the doorstep of the Department of Justice headquarters on Pennsylvania Avenue at midday on Tuesday to express their concerns about treatment of those jailed for participating in the Capitol Hill, they call it a breach, on January the 6th. They had serious unanswered questions for Attorney General Merrick Garland. The doors to the DOJ building were closed to them. The members of Congress were not allowed inside. So they set up a news conference, if you will, outside the building on the front steps. Uh, The Right Side Broadcasting Network aired their press conference live, not knowing, of course, what it was going to turn into. The entire audio is about 50 minutes long, and no, I'm not going to play the entire audio, so don't desert me yet. Um, I am going to start the audio with Marjorie Taylor Greene speaking, but she's the first speaker, and then continue through each of the uh, the other three speakers, I believe. While some of what they're being said by each of the representatives there that day Uh, I also want you to pay attention to what is going on in the background as you hear liberal protesters trying to disrupt the press conference. In other words, interfere with the representatives' rights to freedom of speech. See what you think, and if you don't want to hear everyone speak, you can just kind of fast forward a few times until you uh, get towards the end. But I I encourage you to... uh, still be around when the uh, reporter who is actually uh, filming this or she's part of the film crew and, and, and she speaks at the end of their uh, press conference for, for a couple of minutes. I want you to hear her comments as well. Uh, and then there's some beyond that that will be on the video that will be posted on our Facebook page. So let me pull this up and hopefully as i always say i can maneuver this and get this uh, on here right let me try to get this again it's difficult to do when you're by yourself thank you for joining us you don't have any distractions until until i get it keyed in all right whoops i think i lost it for joining us today we Good to go. All right. Thank you for joining us today. We feel that this is a historic occasion. We came here to the Department of Justice with questions that we have been asking and sending letters about for months. We also uh, gave notice here at the Department of Justice that we were coming to ask our questions. And as you can see, we weren't even let in the lobby. Now, as members of Congress representing districts, with hundreds of thousands of people, it's unbelievable to me that the Department of Justice will not let us in their lobby to even answer our questions. Okay, I'm gonna pause it just a second there. That was Marjorie Taylor Greene starting out the, the news conference. And yes, there's an idiot in the crowd with a whistle who's trying to distract from the press conference. And I'll just warn you, this moron keeps doing this throughout most of the uh, press conference. Uh, I think it maybe gets a little winded there at one point and it stops for a minute or two, but uh, oh yeah, this this, this asshole keeps doing this uh, as, as much of the news conference as he can, or maybe he passed the whistle off to somebody else. I'm not sure, but the reporter will talk about this person at the end of the press conference. So if you can hang around for all that, um, and, and it's a little irritating with that whistle blowing in the background. I mean, when I first listened to it earlier today, I'm like, I don't know if I can get through this, but I felt like I needed to, because I wanted, I wanted it. It's such an example of what we're dealing with in this country right now, folks. So I'm going (laughs) to start it back up and yeah, try to see if you can, uh, kind of block out the whistle a little bit so you can pay attention to what's going on as well. Questions that we've been asking. What what intelligence was available prior to January 6th regarding the influx of people into the District of Columbia and their intentions? 
You see, we already know that intelligence knew. They knew ahead of time that there were threats of violence. And I have to tell you, as a freshman member of Congress, that was the fourth day on my job, January 6th, and I was shocked, absolutely shocked at what happened at the Capitol. And even more so, I am shocked that with the intelligence that there was going to be violence, that the National Guard was not present on January 6th. On January 5th, we know that there were pipe bombs at the RNC and the DNC. There's a video of the person that placed them there. And I'd like to know, and we're asking the question, with that great threat of violence, pipe bombs at both places, RNC and DNC, why, why was there, why was it not taken seriously? And why wasn't the National Guard brought in? Those are the questions that we have. Also, when the Capitol Police requested to Nancy Pelosi on January 6th. Okay, I got to stop it here a second again. <laughs> Give you a break from the whistle for a second. If you're paying attention, there's a person in the background singing God Bless America, which normally I would say, hey, you know, a patriot in the crowd. But that person is not a patriot. That person is in there, along with the idiot with the whistle, they're trying to disrupt the press conference. And that's funny. That's funny that somebody would sing that song, somebody, some liberal in, in the crowd singing that song in order to disrupt this press conference, yet we can't get these morons to stand for the national anthem at a freaking football game. But now they want to be patriotic during this press conference. Well, that's probably what they're trying to convey anyway. All right. Back to the whistle mania. Asking her office, asking her for the National Guard on January 6th, why wasn't that request made? Why, why did the National Guard not come in to protect the Capitol Police, police and all of us inside? You see, currently there's a January 6th committee happening with Nancy Pelosi leading it in some sort of manner where she doesn't want Republicans that are picked by the minority leader placed on the committee. These are all good questions that we should be asking and I'm happy to be joined with my colleagues here. We want to know how are the detainees being treated inside the jail? We would like to know many other things. And so at this time, I'd like to hand over uh, to the next person. All right. Yep. We have uh, gotten reports about mistreatment in the jail, people being shipped to jails all over. And it is important to know the conditions in jail. We've asked for an opportunity to inspect the jails back when I was a felony judge. I okay, just for your information, since she didn't introduce him, in case it matters to you, this is Representative Louis Gomert from uh, Texas. And if you listen carefully, he sounds like a Texan. But show up unannounced at jails or prisons because I needed to know uh, what kind of treatment people got that go in there. And, uh, you know, when you have people that will probably be arrested here for disorderly conduct, uh, we need to make sure that the jails are treating them properly when they're arrested. But we condemn any violence. And I would have no problem at all uh, if I were still on the bench sending anybody that participated in uh, violence, theft, any of the uh, trespasses, that knowingly did so, they, I'd have no problem sending them to jail. That would not be an issue. Uh, so we got to make sure that people like this here that are acting disorderly, that they're treated fairly when they get to jail. We have been asking for months for meetings with the Attorney General. We have asked in letters to the D.C. jail and been refused uh, the D.C jail prison are under the under the auspices of the federal prison system and yet we've been denied that they want no oversight
They don't want to give information. And yet there are reports of people being held and uh, demands for um, admission of guilt. And they have not been shown the evidence against them. They've not been shown the uh, exonerating, exculpatory evidence as required by law. So there are a lot of problems going on here. Now, for anybody that, for example, is out on bond and then uh, calls in nasty messages to the pretrial release, I got no problem sending them back to jail for sure. But we still need to know, do we have political prisoners here in America uh, or not? And we can't get an answer. And I was taught in the army that normally no answer is an answer of no or an answer that, yes, what you're concerned about is happening, so we're not going to answer. So in any event, that's why we are here. That's why we would come out and subject ourselves to uh, standing up for people. Whether they've done right or wrong, they deserve to be treated properly. We're here standing up for due process. And I fought for due process all of my professional career. I don't know if there's anybody else in Congress that has uh, represented a defendant who was sentenced to be put to death and who represented him for the highest courts and got his case reversed as I did. And as I told the court, the highest criminal court in Texas back when I argued his case, look, I'm here to make sure that we have due process that people that are brought to trial have an opportunity to have a fair trial, to get due process, to see the evidence against them, and to uh, actually see any exonerating evidence. Didn't happen in that case. His case was reversed. So I'm here just to try to see that due process is done, and I'm pleased to be standing with other concerned people from Congress about what is being happened? Are we housing political prisoners? We need to know the answers. So with that, I would turn things over to my friend, Matt Gates. Uh, honored to be here with my colleague, Louis Gohmert from the House Judiciary Committee. And we're wondering why questions that have been asked by colleagues for many months have gone unanswered. Perhaps there are reasonable explanations for why uh, the attorney general hasn't been forthcoming with information regarding these particular detainees but as uh, folks representing all americans we think that we've got to get those answers uh, antifa and blm set fires to this country for months and we did not see an interest from federal federal law enforcement in those claims but now there are americans all over this country who are being harassed who are being targeted by law enforcement. And if there's a basis for that, then we need to make sure that we get it. And that's why we're here answering these questions. Uh, honored to be here with my colleagues and would now turn it over to Congressman Paul Gosar. Thank you, everybody. I too enjoy, I'm happy to join my Republican colleagues and demand the answers to very troubling reports that the Biden administration and Justice Department are mistreating nonviolent prisoners arrest in connection with January 6th. Let me make this perfectly clear. I deplore violence. That's why I've asked for the 1,400 hours of tapes to be released so that we can hold those wrongdoers accountable and those vindicated when they're innocent. Over six months have passed, nearly 200 of these individuals remain separated from their families. There are disturbing reports that some of these prisoners are being abused and held in solitary confinement for up to 23 hours a day. These are not unruly or dangerous violent criminals. These are political prisoners who are now being persecuted and bearing the pain of unjust suffering. Individuals arrested for illegal acts on January 6th deserve to be treated fairly. We are here today to demand that all evidence gathered by the DOJ be produced. That's why I have constantly, and I reiterate, asked for the 1,400 hours of tapes to be released so that we can hold people accountable and vindicate those that are innocent. The public demands it, and it's the defendants deserve equal justice under law. How is it that those that, that are not even citizens get better treatment and have due process at Gitmo when they don't have it here? I also want to ask, where is the groups like Amnesty International, the ACLU, and Human Rights Watch? I'm here with my colleagues, with my uh, members for your oversight, to actually ask for those questions and have oversight of our, of our prisons. 
Thank you for attending. And now I turn it over to Mr. Biggs. Thank you, everyone, for being here today. I am uh, delighted to be here with my colleagues on this important issue. You know, it wasn't too many weeks ago that we had a hearing in Congress where the FBI director addressed the January 6th issue in to, to some extent. He mentioned that there was the vast majority of people who were peaceful protesters. Then he said there was a smaller group, a much smaller group that entered the Capitol and committed what we would could say, consider technical crimes, things like trespass. And then a very small group that uh, attacked the Capitol Police and vandalized the Capitol. As he said at the time, in response to a question from one of the congressmen from California, he said, I can't call this an insurrection. Why? Because I am bound to have legal definitions. An insurrection has a legal definition. So he said, I can't call it that. It was very, very interesting to me. Uh, to hear that testimony from Christopher Ray, the director of the FBI. And just moments ago, I came from a hearing in Congress in the Crime Subcommittee, in which I'm the ranking member. And in that committee hearing, we were talking about fines and fees and how they can be excessive and how they violate the due process rights and put people on a, on a collision course of, of reoffending. I find that very interesting, juxtaposed to where we are today. What we have here today is uh, a group of congressmen and women who have asked questions and said, look, we really want to know, we want to get to the bottom of it. How are these individuals being treated while they await their, uh, their day in court? Some are being held without bail. Some are reportedly being held in solitary confinement for no rational reason. So it, may, it leaves us to wonder, are their rights being protected? We've got to recognize there are due process rights for everyone, everyone. I would expect it for those who I politically disagree with. I would expect due process rights to be invoked for the most heinous of criminals because we rely on the rule of law in this country. Everyone is to be treated equally and similarly before the law. All have their day. And we've asked questions and they've been ignored. They've not just been ignored by the Department of Justice. We've asked questions of other agencies about other issues. They've all gone ignored. That is why we're here. We're not here to do more than say, give us the answers to the questions we've asked. Let us know that due process is going forward. Let us know that these people are being treated appropriately and fairly and humanely. That is not too much to ask from the United States government, the United States Department of Justice, the United States Department of Prisons. I thank you for being here. I hope that we can get answers to these questions very soon. Thank you. I'll turn the time now over to my, my friend, the Congressman from Virginia, Bob Good. You know, we see another example of the intolerant left who doesn't want to allow you to hear speech that they don't like. Uh, and this is an issue that I've been asked about by my constituents around the district over the past several months. Why don't we know what's going on with the folks who've been arrested from the January 6th incident? And so we're here today. We requested a meeting with the attorney general. And of course, we didn't get that meeting. So we're here today with my friends and colleagues seeking one thing, transparency. And I agree with my friend, Congressman Gomert, that the events on January 6th were simply appalling. Despite what the media will tell you, everyone here today condemned the lawlessness of January 6th while also defending the constitutional rights of those who were here peacefully and lawfully protesting. So we're here today demanding answers to serious questions that the Department of Justice has ignored over these past several months despite repeated inquiries from my colleagues and other members of Congress regarding the treatment of the January 6th defendants. In this, in this country, there should be no question about the legal treatment of an American prior to the opportunity to answer the charges brought against them before a judge or a jury of their peers. Due process must be afforded to all Americans, period. 
Sadly, many questions, serious questions, previously presented by my colleagues have not been answered, but have been completely ignored by Attorney General Garland and the Department of Justice. While it's clear that Attorney General Garland may not be in a rush to respond to us, what is his answer to Defense Counsel Marty Tankliff, who said of the treatment of January 6 defendants, this is not normal. It's not normal to isolate people and make them eat off the floor. Mr. Tankloff would know this because he would know what normal treatment is because in detention because he was in prison for almost 20 years before being exonerated for a wrongful murder charge. Should we ignore Mr. Tancliff? Should we also ignore Senators Warren and Senator Durbin, who both expressed concerns about the accusations regarding January 6th defendants that they were in solitary confinement? I'm pleased that some federal judges have intervened on behalf of some of these claims of mistreatment, but there's no substitute for complete dis complete transparency in our justice system and the protection of the public trust. Let's remember that back in March, the Department of Justice had to be reprimanded for discussing matters concerning this investigation and speculating on potential charges with the media, with prosecutors even being threatened with a gag order. I cannot remember that happening previously with the Department of Justice had to be reprimanded to not speculate on the media to the media regarding a high profile case. It's fortunate, it's unfortunate that members of Congress have received only silence from the Department of Justice regarding the treatment of these defendants based upon concerns arising from statements made under oath. Yet the Department of Justice has not speculated or has not hesitated to speculate about this investigation to their friends in the media. I thank Congressman Gohmert, a former judge no less, for his commitment to the rule of law and to seeking the truth, even in the face of much opposition. Thank you. Um, first of all, to the guy that's blowing the whistle, we are not deterred. And so for anyone that's here being an activist and yelling today, here's the statement that I need everyone to understand. We will not back down. We will not stop asking questions. We are looking for the truth. And we believe the truth can be found by reaching out and answering and asking the right questions to the right people. Listen, there's another thing. The taxpayers of this country pay all of these people's salaries and they owe the people of this country the answers to the questions. We need a break. The left is interrupting the press conference. We need to end it. Thank you. For those of you that really care about this process, thank you. Okay. I'm sorry if that seemed a little bit too long for some of you, but I, I, I think you get the picture. The, the guy with the whistle, and I know it's a guy because the reporter that comes on next, and I'm going to play just a little bit of what she says because I think it's important uh, to get her perspective and how rude uh, that person was to her. How rude you treat another human being, you know, it's okay for us to have differences of opinion. It used to be okay for us to disagree in this country. And we've always disagreed. Republicans and Democrats have always disagreed. It's a philosophy. It's, 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 a, a an outlook of a perception of what you know, rights we have, well, rights aren't a perception, but it's a perception about uh, what life constitutes in this country. And, but, and there was a time that people could, you know, they would argue in Washington, D.C., but, you know, the rest of us kind of went about our ways and we voted and, and we supported things and so forth. But now it's, it's so unruly, so, uncivil and people can't stand it, you know, if they're not in the mix trying to interrupt people that are talking and saying things that they do not agree with. And my question is how these, how these people got there as quickly as they did. Now, I don't know how long this thing had been planned. Uh, there obviously had to be some, prior warning about this because they had a stand set up with a microphone and everything. So 
some people must have known this was going to occur, and I'm talking about uh, the protesters, because as as this progressed, the news conference progressed, you could see people trying to get behind the speaker's uh, area with protest signs, and you would have, occasionally you'd see someone trying to stop them, but they would have managed to get around them anyway. And then you heard the gentleman come in towards the end when Marjorie Taylor Greene took the microphone again and, and said, you know, we've got to stop this because it's getting out of hand. So they probably were trying to, um, uh, you know, for their own protection, get them out of there. Because you could hear the commotion in the background uh, almost from the time the, uh, if it wasn't for the idiot with a whistle, you could probably have heard more of the commotion and the conversations and people uh, saying things in the background against the people speaking. You know, why is it that people on the left cannot allow Republicans or conservatives or people that just disagree with them altogether, why do they not want to allow them to talk? And they'll probably stand there and say, oh, we have a right. We have a right of freedom of speech. We have a right to be here. We have a right to be blowing the frickin' whistle. No, you don't. Your rights stop in this country when they interfere with the rights of somebody else. Yes, you have a right of freedom of speech, but that needs to be done in a different time set and not to the point where you're stopping somebody else from exercising their right of freedom of speech. But, uh, I, you know, I hope you didn't need Tylenol. Uh, the, the guy with the whistle kind of reminded me of, of a two or three year old that was given a whistle, you know, and, and, and mommy and daddy's telling him to stop and, but the, the child is laughing and giggling and thinking it's funny because of the expression on mommy and daddy's face. So they keep blowing the whistle. You know, uh, you could tell that the person got tired several times because the uh, volume of the whistling kind of uh, slowed down or, or got, uh, you know, wasn't quite as shrill. I wish they had passed out. I wish they'd been blowing the damn thing so long or so much that they had passed out on the sidewalk. It had to call, you know, a medic to come in and drag them off. But, you know, that didn't happen. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead. Oh, let's see. Where did we go here? Um, I may have lost my place. Well, Okay. Yeah, I, uh, I, because, because the wonderful iPhone wants to shut itself off or not shut itself off, but shut down the screen after a couple of minutes. So I think I've lost my place here. Let me, uh, bear with me for a second. I may end up with something that you've already heard and I'll, I'll cut it back, but I want you to hear just a little bit of this reporter that was there. It's not very long. Let me see. Yelling today. Here's the be found by reaching out to of this country. And left here today is again. Okay. Now they're starting to get loud, louder as the people are, are, are ushering the rep representatives out of the area. And then the reporter speaks for a minute. So let's hear a little bit of that. Ladies and gentlemen, what you just saw here today is, again, the intolerant left. Here, I'm going to, I had to actually, here, I'll give those back now. So the whistleblower, as we'll call him right now, actually was behind me. I still have uh, ringing in my ears right now, which I've suffered from before. He did not seem to care about that. He continued to blow it straight into my eardrums. I asked him politely to stop. He told me that he was not going to do that. I told him he was causing me physical pain. He did not care. Again, this is the left. This is the tolerant left who, if anything, are standing up here. And I find it very ironic that the very people who are fighting for our free speech, he is trying to silence and he is trying to block them from getting their message out while causing harm to other people and becoming just an absolute annoyance and you can see it right now it's still happening right now so they're just trying to 
I feel like the left is doing what they do best and they're censoring people. This is what they've been doing for years now and it's just getting worse and worse now that big tech has started to do it. They're doing it as well. If they don't like what you have to say, they're going to do whatever it takes to stop you from being able to speak. If you're speaking without a microphone to a large crowd, no one's going to be able to hear you and they know that. We're not going to let them stop up, stop us. That's why Right Side Broadcasting Network exists. We held the line here today. Um, whatever it took right now just to really keep him away from getting to those representatives stood firm. I was not scared of him by any means, but still just very annoying. And um, that's what Right Side Broadcasting Network is for. We're going to stand here and we're going to fight, continue to get these messages out to the American people because Lord knows it is extremely difficult right now. You are being censored if you're conservative, if you're trying to stand up. These people are standing up for the fair treatment of prisoners, something that is on the agenda of many liberals who claim to want prison reform. Yet prisoners are being beaten, losing eyes, having retinal detachments, being in solitary confinement over 23 hours a day, horrible conditions for prisoners here in the United States. At what point should the United States of America's prisons be worse than Gitmo? It makes absolutely no sense. This is what these representatives are trying to find out. They're trying to talk to be a liaison for their representative, for their constituents and the Department of Justice. And that alone is being difficult. They want to have a press conference here today. They make that difficult. And now we have a band that has showed up to create noise. So really, not that they deserve any credit, but you can see exactly why it is so difficult and why companies like Right Side Broadcasting Network need to exist. We are almost entirely viewer funded, so we rely on your support to come out to these events and cover them to get messages out of what is happening to these political prisoners and to show you what's actually happening here in a world of politics. It is a complete game. The left is the biggest bunch of hypocrites I have ever seen. And you can see you can see it happening here today. Okay, that was me laughing because uh they were panning around the crowd and there was a little bit of a crowd that was gathering, excuse me, where this band, I guess she called it a band. I don't know. I couldn't see a lot of people with instruments, but definitely somebody had some drums or, but there was uh, a caricature that almost looked like one of those, um, uh, costumes. Uh, what I'm trying to say, Rio de Janeiro, where they have those festivals and and people have these dragons and all these different things, uh, caricatures that they carry on top of their head or or dance around with. And there's a, one of a Donald Trump image. It's got his head, his hair, uh, shoulders, and uh, they're bouncing it around. So that's what made me start to chuckle when I was looking at her because I'm certainly not laughing at the situation, but I mean, the liberals turned it into a party right there, you know, game over in their mind. They may have thought that they accomplished their mission by disrupting that press conference. But I think everybody that had something to say, they got the message across, but I thought it was uh, important to hear this uh, reporter and, and uh, what she said there, because it's true. Liberals cannot stand for conservatives to have a platform. You know, they've consumed, they've taken over all of the uh, major broadcast networks in this country, except for Fox News. Newsmax is up and coming. And then there's some other outlets that conservatives can take advantage of today. Uh, and, you know, Fortunately, there's more and more coming online. And then this, uh, I think she, uh, the right side, I believe she called it the right side network. I'll, uh, I'll post that, you know, when I post the show, but, uh, evidently they're going to be somebody that, uh, is going to go around and try to, uh, be involved in press conferences, uh, when conservatives are trying to get the word out. And obviously, like I said, I'm surprised that I hadn't even seen this on Fox News, at least segments of it. So good for her. I hope she keeps up that uh, that uh, spunk that she seemed to have after this today. She seemed determined to keep doing this because of the people trying to interrupt. But that's what they were doing. They 
it's almost like telling conservatives, you don't have a right to say what you have to say because we don't agree with you. Therefore, you lose your right to talk. We can't stand that. We can't put up with that. We can't stand for that is what I meant to say. So, uh, again, I, I apologize if you think the audio is a little bit long. Uh, it is longer than I normally use, but um, I, I was hoping that you would get the sense of what was going on there and not only take in some of the information that they were trying to give you. And I think it's very concerning that uh, if even the rumors are partially true about the treatment of these people that they, they've got, uh, we, these very people that are out there trying to disrupt this press conference today, like she was, uh, the reporter was referring to, they're the ones that want to stand up for prison reform. They want to make sure that, you know, uh, that we let a lot of people out of the prisons, that people are treated fairly, la da 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 da, on and on and on, right? But yet nobody seems to be concerned about all of these people that they have in jail in Washington, D.C., and many of them have been there since uh, not long after January the 6th. Months. I think uh, one of the speakers said they've been there six months. So if they're being mistreated and if some of the treatment that, that is being, uh, that was talked about today is even partially true, we should be concerned about in this country because basically that's the left, that's the liberals putting people in jail. They, they took it. I mean, you know, people deserve to be in jail that did the bad things on January the 6th. I don't have a problem with them being in jail, but they need to be in jail like everybody else that gets jailed. Although the liberals aren't jailing a lot of people now, unless, you know, uh, they're forced to. They need the same treatment that anybody else would get for any other crime in this country. Instead of being treated like prisoners of war or prisoners of, um, you know, uh, it's a plot to overthrow the country. Who knows what's going on there with these prisoners? So, that's uh, that's going to be it. That's all I'll subject you to tonight. Uh, some of you may have rather had me talk about the border, but I think it's important. I think it's important to see the kind of treatment that that conservatives get, you know, especially when they're not in an environment that's totally controlled by the news media. Uh, this was out in a in a public area where you know people had the opportunity to come up and disrupt them. And again, I think it had to be planned to a certain extent because uh, of the signs that had been made. And it's almost like there's a group of people in this country that are available at any given moment to show up when conservatives are trying to voice their concerns or voice their opinions in this country. These freaks show up with their signs and their noisemakers you know, and they're screaming and yelling uh, obscenities at people and to disrupt them. That's their sole purpose in life, to be available at any given moment so conservatives can't express their free opinions in this country. When in the hell did we let these people start controlling everything for us? All right. <laughs> you know, freedom of speech is determined by who you support in this country. Then we really won't have freedom of speech anymore. And once we lose the freedom of speech, we're going to be on that dead end path to socialism. And that's been said by a lot of people. And when that day comes, all these people right now, they think that they're on the right side. They think they're on the side that'll be in control. 
and they're going to be <laughs> sharing whatever, the glory, the power, or whatever they think they're going to get. But once the people in power don't need them anymore, they're going to be cast aside and they're going to be down here with everybody else having to follow the rules of those maniacs that we put in position to rule over everybody. All right. This time I'm out. <laughs> I want to thank everybody that uh, listened to this episode or download this episode. I know I've said this the other night. Uh, maybe Dennis Lee will be back with me tomorrow night and we'll do a, a Trice Talk segment. And you won't have to endure a uh, mini pod. But um, hopefully that'll happen. Uh, you can check the listing tomorrow and see. And uh, if he is back tomorrow for the show, then we may possibly do one live just because we haven't done one live uh, in about three weeks, I believe, something like that. So anyway, let me find my little uh, exit music here, and uh, then I will uh, sign off. I was trying. I had one picked out that I wanted to do, and then... Um, I think I'll do this one. I think I'll, I'll just, we'll just ease out of here tonight with this one. And, uh, hope everybody has a great day tomorrow and pay attention to everybody. It's really important that we know what's going on in this country because we are paying attention. Stay safe, everybody. <laughs>